one mile at a time during the afternoon drive. Cattles and Robbie. Sacktown Sports. Those commandments there, Jason Ross. Yes. The Ten Commandments. And I'm not talking about from the Bible. Yeah? Yeah. I think it's tough to... I don't know... Did you guys normally claim a winner in your mockery draft? Or, no. like, it's tough to, like, I don't want to do any of these things. I win every yeah. week, so. I mean, yeah. you know. It's like, Hard. we're all selfish creatures yeah. that usually uh, self You probably got one, though, that I would absolutely never try, and I'm pretty sure Simone may have or would try it because I know the background of where Simone does, you know, activities. That sounds a little iffy, but yeah. there's no way... I am big wave surfing. Yeah, and I'm. I love the water. I love yeah. the ocean. Um, not at all. That one, I, I'm not doing. I've Ooh, surfed, oh yeah, boogie we'll board, get crushed. I body. I mean, I like to just body surf, but that that's a different. That's a different element. That's Are you like, uh, big wave surfing, Simone? No, God, no. Oh, really? But you're a surfer. Yeah, I have a huge log surfboard. It is eight feet oh, nice. and six inches. It is a, yeah. a big log tugboat. I am riding gentle waves up and down the Pacific Ocean. So you're cruising. Just having fun. Yeah. 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 Okay. Cruise yeah. control. How big is it? Eight, eight feet, you said? Yeah. And it's how an tall are you, Simone? Eight is what you call it. I'm 5'2". So she's got a lot of wiggle room. Yeah. Are you 5'2 in the draft or are you 5'2 to us? <laughs> in my heart. Yeah. <laughs> what are you without shoes, Simone? Yeah. Um. <laughs> Did you ever have that in one of your times where you were playing baseball? Oh, yeah, like, for sure. I remember I was in high school, and at the time, I mean, I might have been six one ish i think i was still growing up. i was about six one and i was in a program one time like six four like 220 i'm All like time i'm like six one like 150 <laughs> at the time I'm like what six four six four two twenty like what am i playing football like linebacker I like baby. i wish i was that at yeah. that time i was like no that's not me you but, know you gotta uh put a little uh, but like, i didn't put that in i don't know uh, why why is my coach putting that a little in there, in here because yeah. you gotta make it look better man i guess so it's hard to believe any child is six foot four unless you see them towering over everyone else right well some of these guys uh blossom early tomorrow there's gonna be guys drafted of course our draft coverage is brought to you by power business technology for all your business office equipment needs contact them at 844-POWER-BC or go to powercopiers.com it'll be uh, starting a little over 24 hours from now the kings will be on the clock at 24 38 and 54 coming up in our next segment nathan grubel will join us talk about the upcoming draft uh, looking at one other mock draft here today, Jay, uh, guys at ESPN do a pretty good job. Jonathan Gavoni and Jeremy Wu. At 20, Love Jeremy. Yeah, 24, they have the name that I think a lot of Kings fans would be happy with because they know the name, mm. and they put Chris Murray there. Yeah, seems like that's where everything is going at this point. Yeah. It'd be interesting to have them both mm-hmm. on the same team, and we were sitting here in the studio yesterday trying to figure out how if we could you know, determine yeah. who was who. There, there's a slight Subtle. Yeah, yeah. You you can see a little difference, you know? I'm pretty sure if you just walk them by, look quick, of course not. But if you put your eyes on them a little bit, it's like, ah, that, that's Chris. That's Chris. You can kind of look a little bit. Yeah. It's got a little different feature in the uh, nostril region. I don't know for them, for Chris and for Keegan, I know it would be enjoyable at times to be teammates. I mean, you know, they played all everything until last year was the first time they said they were separated. Um but professionally, like, you know, the Morris brother, like, I don't know if it's better for them to be on their own or not. I don't know the answer to that. What True. do you think? Yeah, that's uh, – You make arguments for both, I that's guess. That's probably – so I was going to say that's probably a twin question. I, as being the only child, I wouldn't definitely not be able to give you that because I don't even have a sibling. Yeah. But. but, like, Steph and Seth aren't siblings, but right. they haven't played together in the NBA yet. And I, I think – 
for them, it might be more fun now that they've been around and Steph's got his rings. And no, he was never a warrior, right? I feel like he was Seth. I don't think so. G League or something. I might be wrong. Yeah, yeah. but I, uh, that's different than being a twin. I think. Yes. Yeah, I, I would think so. You know, I would think so. Like LeBron, very publicly, has wanted to play with his son. I think that sounds awesome. Um, yeah, unique to him be because he's lasted that long and his son's that good to be in the NBA. But, I mean, as far as your twin, and, and it might be different for – I think it's different for each one because I think there would be a little bit of a shadow for Chris because Keegan's already come in, established himself. Look at the fans here. Love him. He gets the Keegan. Mur- I mean, rookie record. There's a lot of things, and um, that might be tough shoes for Chris Murray to come here. Yeah. I would imagine, but coming to Sacramento, you know, one thing we're going to do is accept you as one. A hundred percent, we will. Your brother name is Keegan. Yeah, I mean, we've accepted people with lesser talents. Sure, you know, on the basketball court, and just because you donned the jersey of the Sacramento Kings, the purple, or my favorite, the the blue, mm-hmm. you know, the blue, the royal blue, or even the light blue, the powder blue, whatever That's blue nice. you go, just don't come with that gold stuff. Yeah, yeah, that needs yeah, to keep go. that gold stuff. Yeah. Man. I don't want that. But I think uh, people would be happy. Now, I will say this, and I've told this story many times in the year. In the years I've done this since 94, I want to say, you know, the De'Aaron Fox draft was very popular. I think De'Aaron had said he wanted to come here. He, yeah. People were very happy. They knew who he was. But the totality. Shouts out to the Lakers taking uh, Lonzo, oh, yeah, Ball, Lonzo Ball. Shouts yeah. out to them. Um, but I will say this. I It's not, I can't prove it, but I felt like from talk radio, we took a lot more calls back then. We didn't have a text line, didn't have Twitter. But I feel like, Jay, the most popular draft in my time as the Sacramento Kings with them in here was 95 when they took Corliss Williamson and Tyus Edney. Really? The theory behind that was everybody knew who they were. They just mm. watched the championship game. They knew both guys. Big Nasty had won a title. His name, he was, college basketball was bigger then. Yeah. And they were, they knew who both, they knew them. They knew UCLA and Tyus Edney. He was a champion. First round, second round, people were very happy with that. 1995 was yeah. in elementary school. Yeah. So I just want you to know that. And But the draft, it was fine. Yeah. Well, had a good career. Tyus, not that long, but he was a second round pick. Yeah. But that was popular. Didn't mean it was great. Like uh, two years later, maybe a little more, everybody wanted John Wallace from Syracuse. Syracuse. They took pre-drag Stoikov. You know, nobody knew who it was. And right. Like, what? And he may who not even that? be here. Mm-hmm. He got booed. Jeff Petrie got booed. A fantastic pick. Mm-hmm. Page. Yeah, so you can't go on popularity, but uh, to all that being said, I think if Chris Murray was picked tomorrow, I think universally people would be happy. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, he's, uh, again, he, he's synonymous already. His mm-hmm. name already rings bells in the Sacramento area, so it makes sense. And it, to use the analogy of what you said where the, the 95 draft will correlate yeah. and, and Ty is being near – one thing about it is, is as you say, college was bigger. Yeah, it was. It was a was. bigger moment. Yeah. And, you know, that's what you're kind of saying with Chris Murray at the same time is, is his brothers from Iowa were kind of already tied to yeah. Iowa. And, know the family. And there you go. And at the same time, we've got to see Chris play a little more than like the Thompson twins that we're yeah. getting ready to hear. Even Scoot. Right. There's a lot of people who have not seen True. Scoot Henderson. Yeah. We had Bobby Gerald on the show yesterday, and he was talking about overtime. Right. The league overtime. I would challenge most people, you know, who consider themselves armchair GMs to let me know. Have you watched the overtime game? Because I've watched very few. Yeah. Very, very few. And, you know, Chris Murray coming out of Iowa, you know, traditionally coming out of college still means a little bit more. And, again, you know, just just having a Murray name. Do you think – I think they would, but I don't know the answer to this. Do you think Monty and Wes and them would would, – I don't know if consult Keegan is the right thing, but if it – 
I'm sure they've had the conversation with him. What do you think they like? Hey, would it be an issue? And I don't know why it would. I don't. Even, I don't know what I'm getting at. But like, do you think they actually? They're not going to ask Keegan about anybody else in the draft but his brother. Do you want to play with your brother? Yeah. Is that what you're asking? I guess so, right? Yeah. Do you think is they, your brother a chump would or it be is he a, cool? <laughs> would it be a problem if he's there? We're interested. Mm-hmm. Would it be weird for any reason to take him? I mean, is that a, th- a you good think question? That, do you think they bring that up to Keegan? Because like, I don't think they're asking Fox for his intel no. on the draft or Sabonis. They are important pieces to the team, but like, this is a guy that's your sibling. special occasion. You've played with him one. You have not like. Hey, he doesn't go right very well. I mean, I don't know what Keegan's going to say about his brother, but I think he's. <laughs> but you know, I can't guard anybody. Can't guard could me. You, could you imagine if, <laughs> if Keegan's Keegan bad mouthing like, him? He's like, oh man, don't pick my round. Bro. Yeah. <laughs> Dude can't even go right. Like man, nah. Yeah. I, you know, it's. It, I don't know, Jason. Yeah, I don't know. I because was it's jokingly spe- say that about special. my brother. Like, don't take that guy. Just. But just to be funny, but like, he blesses everyone with the fantastic chips. Yeah. So I would kick, I would kick back and say no. Yes. I because of the special occasion, I think the Kings and when we talked about stability, understand they've already you know been around the Murray family, and I'm pretty sure they're familiar with Chris and the fact of he's been around a few times. I've seen him once or twice, yeah. right? And so maybe because it isn't a, a certain occasion that you just don't come across too often. Yeah. You might ask, look, we don't want to, you know, we don't want to dampen anything that you've built here. Yeah. Would it be okay if we brought your yeah, brother? I'm sure Maybe. the answer is yes. I'm That's, sure it is. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. According to you, you would hate on your brother. <laughs> You're not your In brother's fun. keeper. In fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's the very latest on the draft? It is tomorrow. We'll get some intel from Nathan Gerbo, content manager of No Ceilings NBA Draft Board. He will join Jay and I next here on Sacktown Sports and the Sacktown Sports app. Live and local in the afternoon. They always keep you on edge. Cattles and Rami on Sacktown Sports. Well, the NBA draft is tomorrow, just over about 24 and a half hours or so, 24 hours, 45 minutes. The Spurs will be on the clock. I think we know what's going to happen there, but there's a lot more to be decided, including the Kings with three different picks, one in the first round, two in the second. Let's get some of the latest of what's going on with the draft and the draft board. Uh, Nathan Grubel, content manager of No Ceilings NBA Draft Board, joining us here. Love the name. Yeah, me too. No Ceilings, man. Nathan, it's Jason and Jay. How are you? I'm doing well, guys. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Well, we appreciate you checking in. I mean, uh, nothing, nothing's different on your board. It's Victor for sure, number one. I mean, I don't think there's any surprises. Is he clear-cut, number one, to you? Oh, about as clear-cut as it can get, and it, it is not hyperbole to say that he is truly a, a generational talent who's about to come into the NBA, making a lot of noise, obviously bringing a lot of buzz with him and some headlines, and a lot of the interviews that are coming out, everybody's doing with him. He's a very charismatic young individual for for a big man which you, you you don't see a lot of personality from from some of the top big men that we've seen go number one in the nba draft but he seems like someone who's gonna really bring a lot of a little more flair than i think everyone was expecting as a number one pick seems to be have a great personality be a great kid overall nathan convince me why scoot henderson is not the number two pick for the charlotte hornets because for everything my money he is I, I'm not sure I can convince you that he shouldn't be the, the number two overall pick, to be honest, because he's been number two overall on my big board this entire cycle. And it's it's not just 
everything we can talk about in relation to his game, being one of the most complete two-way guards that we have, arguably the most complete two-way guard that we have in the 2023 NBA draft, how he carries himself as a professional, as an individual, someone who wants to grow off the court as much as he does on it, every single move he's made, everything he does, everything he has done to get to this point has been of the mindset of, I want to be a better basketball player for sure, but I also want to be a better person. And I've spoken with, and I've done interviews with multiple people who have been very close to him this season, specifically Pooh Jetter and Coach Jason Hart. You can find those on No Ceilings NBA on our YouTube channel. But when I spoke to them, they had nothing but great things to say about Scoot. And all of that positive intel has carried with him throughout this entire draft process. Anyone you talk to has spent even five minutes with him. Can't stop talking about how good of a person he is and how hard of a worker he is. So reportedly just underneath six foot four as a point guard, about six three and a half, six foot nine wingspan, as explosive as they come, truly guard, great decision maker on the offensive side of the ball. Jump shots going to improve as he as he continues to spend some time in the league. I mean, what what more do you want from right. the point guard position and more importantly, someone who can be a leader for your franchise? That's the type of person that I would want to draft at number two if I were the Charlotte Hornets. As we're talking with Nathan Grubel, got to ask you about the other potential candidate that seems like is going number two is Brandon Miller. Yeah. Again, it's not a knock on him. I think he's a terrific player, but I hope they're not doing this because – I hope they're not taking Scoot because of Ball. Like, they already have Ball. I hope it's not a positional thought here, but if they do go Brandon Miller, what would they be getting in, in the young man from Alabama? You said it perfectly. None of what I said – should be a knock on Brandon Miller because he is also number three on my board, right? So it's not like I'm sitting here saying that he could be number two, but he's also like number five or number six on my board. Brandon Miller is deserving to be in the conversation. Six foot nine wing prospect, one of those bigger wings who can handle the ball, make decisions off of a live dribble, has certainly improved his playmaking. He did improve one of his bigger knocks on him, which was his at-rim finishing as the year went on at Alabama scored around 20 points per game, shot very well from three-point range on high volume, over seven three-point attempts per game, still got to the line just underneath five times. So he is as skilled of a scorer as they come on the wing from a complimentary standpoint. The thing that would hold him back from being number two for me is I just don't know if he has that next tier of upside, right? That true legitimate star. I'm going to be the best player, the second best player on a championship level team. Like I believe in, in Scoot and obviously in Victor, but in terms of getting a very solid option on the wing, plus size with the length, with the ability to defend multiple positions, help on the weak side, on the back line, you know, certainly be a help defender rover along the baseline, there, the, the, that package, that two-way package at that size is what every single NBA team wants. And so that's why you're seeing them come up in the conversation for number two. It's not just looking for a cleaner fit with LaMelo. Do I, I, do, I do think LaMelo and Scoot could play with one another and succeed. Great players tend to figure out how to play with great players. But just the skill set that Brandon Miller would would be able to bring to that franchise at number two or number three, I think is just too valuable for teams to pass up in that range. Here with Nathan Grubel of No Ceilings and NBA Draft Board. Someone that kind of uh, has mesmerized me a little bit, and I know Jason will love this, is Amari Bailey from UCLA. He seems like he's moving up the board a little bit. I don't know if he's going to shake out of that second round. But why, what's your take on Bailey and why you think he's not going to be a first-round guy? I think more so it was just Bailey's lack of 
premier production in the first half of the season, or you could even make the argument the first two thirds of UCLA season, right? He wasn't the, the number one guy for that team. He certainly played much more of a complimentary role next to an experienced point guard like Tiger Campbell, next to someone who is reportedly tearing up workouts and actually projected to go inside the top 25 now in Jaime Hawkins. I can confirm that intel. He has been absolutely destroying anyone he goes up against in workouts. I would expect his name to go inside the top 25. So he was more of the third option for that team offensively when he was on the floor. But as the season went on, he improved his play mightily. You know, late February, early March, and then you saw what he was able to do in the NCAA tournament. And obviously at the NBA draft combine, there's more to his game than what he was initially able to show at UCLA, right? Six foot five guard, big guard, able to operate in the pick and roll, make all the types of passes you would want out of that play type. Certainly has some scoring touch at the basket, is improving his outside shot, is getting better as a catch and shoot three point guy. So there's a lot to like about his game. And then you factor in how he was able to help that defense maintain itself as one of the best units on that side of the ball in the entire country. There's a lot to like about his game. And it's, it's more so the selling point of, he was able to find himself and start getting his footing underneath him. He's still a very young player, was a freshman in college. So you look at what he could be two to three years from now, there is a chance he could be a starting point guard in the NBA, which is why when you get in that late first, early second round territory, I'm not sure how many names you legitimately want to take ahead of him. If I was any of those teams in that range and I have a spot to be filled, I'm in need of a third guard in my rotation, I'm absolutely looking at Mari Bailey's way. Hmm. Nathan, how about the Sacramento Kings? They had the breakthrough year last year. They will now pick 24th, assuming they keep that. They got a couple of second rounders at 38 and 54. But if we look at that first round pick at 24, um, who makes the most sense to you? If you're if you're the Kings, you're Monty McNair, you're that front office. What are, what are some of the names that you would definitely have on your radar there at 24? So I think everyone's expecting them to take Chris Murray. I, I think <laughs> let's let's just get that get that one right out of the way. Just it makes a lot of sense because of Keegan being there, but also just their need at that three four position, right? That combo forward, another one of these bigger wings who is an efficient spot up guy. He's able to easily finish plays. He's not the most stout defender on that side of the ball, but he'll give you enough because of his size, his strength, also adds a dimension to his rebounding. So Chris Murray would make sense as someone who's experienced and who can come in and, and possibly play a role within the Kings' top nine, top ten rotation right out of the gate. Another name that I would consider, if I were any team in the mid to late first round, I'm looking for a player who can come in and make an impact to help us maintain our course of play and ultimately get into the playoffs or fight for a playoff spot is Ben Shepard out of Belmont. He's been one of the fastest risers uh, through this entire draft process, tore it up at the NBA draft combine, went off to like 20, 28, 29 points, something like that in his second NBA combine game. That production is legit. He had a great senior year at Belmont, six foot six guard, legitimate combo. He can handle the ball and pick and roll. He's bursty. When he gets an open lane of the basket, he can certainly finish there. And then he's one of the, the most lights-out shooters that we have in this entire draft, not just a spot-up guy. You can get him going off movement. He can create shots off the dribble. He is a guard who, he again, he was a senior in college, but that doesn't mean that these guys don't stop getting better once they get to the NBA. I would expect him, because he has a little more juice than people anticipated on the ball, I would expect him to keep improving maybe even – 
grow into like a secondary creator type role. He may be able to even play point guard with some second units. That's the guy who I would expect to continue rising in the draft process. And if he's there for the Kings at 24, I'd give him a long look as well as obviously Chris Murray. Nathan, 60 seconds or less as we're running out of time here. You, at last I looked, I believe you guys had Julian Strother out of uh, Gonzaga going to the Sacramento Kings. Your inkling, who do the Kings take at number 24 if they stay there? Ultimately, I, I would still place my bet on Chris Murray, but mm. Julian Strother, another great option out of Gonzaga as well as someone who would be able to space the floor for everyone else. You're getting that big wing size at six foot eight. Someone like him or Shepard or Murray would all be great options, but yeah, my money, I would, I would pick Chris Murray at 24. Mm. It's going to be exciting. We look forward to it tomorrow. Nathan, keep up the great work. Thank you for joining us today, and we'd love to do it again sometime soon. Absolutely. Keep me in mind, guys. Appreciate it. Take care. Thank, right, thank you. you. Really good content. Check out the site, too. NoCeilingsNBA.com. It's going to uh, happen, isn't it? What's that? Chris Murray's coming to Sacramento. I don't know. I'm a little worried about what Somebody's is Somebody's going to grab him Warriors, before, uh, Lakers, uh, Portland. Yeah. What about Portland at 23? I, I, no? I don't, well, I've seen him there, but I feel like Portland might be – he's one of the older players in the draft. I don't know why I think they're going to take just young guys and swing, but mm. I, I don't know. It, they, I think he's going to make teams better. So he's a guy that the Kings have to, if they want him, might have to move up to get him. We'll see. All right, we've got to come back. We're going to talk more about uh, the Kings draft of the past, how they've done. Well, you know that. But there's some some guys they've hit on. We'll discuss that and more as we continue here on Sacktown Sports. Sacktown Sports. I'm Simone with your Sacktown Sports headlines. After clipping the tying homer in the eighth, Jock Peterson able to walk it off with a humble walk-in. And this one is over. With the 4-3 win last night, the San Francisco Giants are all gas, no breaks right now, and back at it at 645, hoping to extend that winning streak to double digits. Tomorrow, the illustrious 2023 NBA draft tips off. Sacramento Kings currently hold the 24th pick in the first round, as well as the 38th and 54th selections in the second. Of course, we're throwing a special draft party show tomorrow, beginning at 6 p.m. with the incomparable Jason Ross and Chris Watkins. All draft coverage on Sacktown Sports is proudly furnished by Power Business Technology. For all of your business office equipment needs, contact them at 844-POWER-BZ or go to powercopiers.com. I'm Simone. Those are your Sacktown Sports headlines. Welcome back into Cattles and Rami with Jay and Jason. Your afternoon home for Kings Talk and more. This is Cattles and Rami on Sacktown Sports. Thanks again to Nathan Grubel joining us. Uh, content manager of No Ceilings NBA Draft Board. Anything you ever miss on the show, go back to SacktownSports.com. A lot of great stuff there on our website. Different articles, and you know, Frankie, and Joe, and Emil. They uh, really work hard over there, so check that out. And it's here for you. Tomorrow we'll have a special draft show as well. Chris Watkins and I will have that for you starting at 6 tomorrow after Cattles and Rami. But speaking of the draft, Jay... Um, you know, basically teams... It always gets... You know, when a team makes the finals, to look at how they were built. Yep. And draft, I mean, it's really what draft, trades, free agency is it's the only way you can get them. Kind of how you do it. And somebody is doing something I didn't know. <laughs> yeah, there's a combination <laughs> of all of that generally. But imagine if there was a world where it was really just the draft and you couldn't change teams. You couldn't, there was no free agency, which I mean, at a time that really wasn't a thing. I mean, we're talking about years and years ago. Right. 
It's kind of this is this is who you were. So if you look at that for current players that are still in the league, what would be the best five you could come up with the Sacramento Kings? I put on our list here. These wow. are guys they literally drafted. Now keep in mind, like the Fox year, they drafted Fox, and by definition, they drafted Zach Collins. Now yes. we know they eventually turned that into Harry Giles and Justin Jackson, but on their draft board. It says Zach Collins, Collins right. which is a little pet peeve of mine. He wears the hat. hat. Like He was yeah. never a king, but we knew the trade was coming. But under the Kings draft list, in the league still, Keegan Murray. So we definitely start him. Jaden Hardy. Speak for yourself. Okay, you're right. You're okay, right. Uh, Jaden Hardy's actually pretty nice on Dallas. Kings never really kept him at all. Davion Mitchell. Okay. Nimi Keita. Mm-hmm. Tyrese Halliburton. Xavier Tillman. Yeah. Kenyon Martin Jr. Love Kmart Jr., man. Marvin Bagley. Gary Trent Jr. has been a nice guy in this league. De'Aaron Fox, Zach Collins, Marquise Chris, and Willie Cauley-Stein. Like, Dub CS. We didn't continue down to Isaiah Thomas or DeMarcus because they're technically not in the league. League, right. But the Kings drafted them, so that's kind of... Well, De'Aaron's your one. You have two All-Stars, right? right? Tyrese. De'Aaron, well, you got both. I mean, we're starting both, right? De'Aaron and, and Tyrese are, are okay. All-Star backcourt. Yeah, love it. Keegan's got to be in, right? Keegan for... Uh, three or four? Yeah, put him at the three. Check. I mean, take a look here now, fellas. I mean, our five best. Are you putting no, Gavion and Keegan's going there. super Keegan's small? In. Keegan's in there. You Keegan's like Gary Trent Jr. at the three? Kenyon Martin. I, you, look, I'm going Kmart. Kmart's on my starting. Kmart Jr. Okay. He's so you're what? Keegan, De'Aaron, Tyrese? Kmart. We're going, we're super small. We're small. Yeah, we're very small. We, I might not even play a center. Yeah, uh, maybe small. Xavier Tillman, but boy, or Zach Collins, he starts, I guess. Xavier Tillman's pretty good. He, I mean, yeah. know that he only starts when yeah. Jaron Jackson gets hurt, but he's a great defender. Or do we do Marvin? Okay, I'm a, uh, I'm gonna go ahead and say uh, say no Gary, to that. Gary Trent Jr. or De'Aaron and Tyree start for sure. For me, I'm starting Kmart Jr. I think he has a lot of upside. Okay, I love what he brings to the table. Great you, athlete. You love, yeah. So you love. Give me Gary Trent Jr. and Keegan. Keegan's my five. Okay. Yeah, we're small. going small. We're going to we're score. Super small. So Davion doesn't get in. Uh, yeah, doesn't Marvin doesn't get in. Doesn't. Who's Marvin? <laughs> wow. Who's Marvin? Bagley. Oh, okay. No, he's not. He's Tillman not. He's doesn't not on get my in. list. But that's part of. You can see why the Kings have struggled. That's part of it. Now there's some good. There's some good players in there. Absolutely. And even I mean Tyrese is a success story, but they've moved sure. on from him already. I know. And that's what's crazy. I mean, let's greater goods. Yeah, and I'm going to go to the champs just for another reference point, okay. the Denver Nuggets. So if we take the guys that are still in the league that they literally drafted, it's a pretty good squad. All I right. could uh, We get Christian Brown out there. Yeah. Bones Highland, who's no longer a Nugget, but it's I in like the league. Bones, yeah. Michael Porter Jr. Love him. Donovan Mitchell. Love him. Drafted by the Denver Nuggets. Yep. Uh, Jamal Murray. Love it. Malik Beasley. Love it. Uh, they drafted Moutier. He's not in the league anymore. Uh, Nikola Jokic, obviously. Rudy Gobert. Man. Evan Fournier. Okay. How crazy is that? Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell both were wearing Nuggets hats and ended up on the Jazz. I know. And, you know, at one point, wait, how did they get, um, when they were deciding between Jokic and Nurkic? I guess they didn't draft Nurkic. Okay. But at one point he was on. Uh, Denver, and they had to decide, but that that's good draft. There's yeah, there's a lot of talent there. Top end talent, of course, is Jokic. You just hit, yeah. You, know, you, you hit, hit the second round. That's right. gold mine. I mean, you're talking about arguably the best player in the league at this point, right? And so Porter Junior. turned out to be pretty high talent, right? Bones Highland is decent. 
depending on who you ask, he's no longer on the squad. Jamal Murray's all star. The yeah. highest picks are Jamal Murray and Emmanuel Moutier, Moutier. both seventh. Yep. One's a hit, one's not. I mean, Doug McDermott, he'd, he'd be on your squad for you. <laughs> but I mean, they they did they did well. They drafted well. They have. Other team, I'm giving another team, the other team that was in the finals, Miami. Okay. They do this differently. Yeah, they definitely do. So, if we're going guys in the league, I mean, Nikola Jovic, who's on the, he, he's on their bench. Yeah. Precious Achua's in the league. Tyler okay. Hero, Bull Bull. Bam Adebayo. Bam. Justice Winslow. Oof. That was a bad that pick. A I think Booker was right after yeah, that him. that was a miss. Josh Richardson. Okay. Boyan Bogdanovich, second rounder. Yeah. Um, what it sounds like to me is you kind of need all three anyway. You have to you have to kind of hit on all three in some way. Yeah, you yeah. don't want to get a bad trade. You don't want to miss on your free agency, and you don't want to. I mean, you just don't want to have a colossal miss in your draft. Well, I mean, I don't want to bring up bad stories, but that's it. Sacramento, but, <laughs> but I that, think that that's part, part. Like of when people go, "What happened? happened? Misdraft?" And and it's not that. It's the gap of the mistake. Like, you know, Marvin ba- the gap from Marvin Bagley to Luka, Luka Doncic, Doncic. Is, it's, it's a canyon. I mean, come on now. And even, like, if they took Jaron Jackson Jr., he's not as good as Luka, but you're like, all right, he's not Luka, but That's you got right. a really good player. That's right. Trey Young, yep. you got a good player. Yep. Just, all all-stars. Yeah. All, you know, guys make making a difference, all NBA teams, defensive player of the year type caliber guys. You know, you're just saying that, and then you're talking about someone who's just – very rarely healthy to play, you know. Putting up, I mean, I have you have you went to see the numbers career wise with Mar- Marvin Bagley as as average overall. Yeah, it, the average is okay. Yeah, he's it's running, okay. He's running what twelve, thirteen yeah. points last yeah. time I looked. I he might even be fourteen and seven, but I could be wrong. Oof. Which you know, in the end, you're like, hey, you got a guy that averaged fourteen and seven, but that's all context. You need to see it. Um, I'm going to give you another team. Kyle told me this team, and I think he might be onto it. Like, if you just go on draft, tell mm-hmm. me about this team. Okay. Uh, let's see. Last year they got Abaji from you. Well, he's no longer there, but he was drafted by this team. Evan Mobley, Isaac Okoro, Darius Garland, Colin Sexton, Tyus Jones, Andrew Wiggins. Oh, and then there's Anthony Bennett staring at you. Yeah. Um, then you go back. It's Kyrie. It's yeah. LeBron James. Jay Impressive. Crowder still. Yeah, they've been helped out though. Tristan Thompson technically back in the league. Yeah. Ooh, Kyrie, they've helped out. Ooh, ooh. They've been helped out. Deion Waiters. Danny Green. I like Deion Waiters. Uh, and that guy LeBron James. That's a good squad. I thought they were good. Philly was really good. Philly's been in the draft a lot. They had the process, but they've done they've done a good job with it. Marvin Bagley, thirteen point three points. 7.2 rebounds, so a tick under seven. one assist. Let's see where he's shooting. Three-point percentage, 29%. Field goal percentage, 50.6. See, Marvin is the exact kind of player that if he was never a king and we found out today the kings were acquiring him, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people would be excited because they – Really? I, it's hard to erase what we've seen. Sure. But you go 6'10". Yeah, he's young. Yeah, played at a good college. A yep. lot of accolades behind him. Thirteen. I'm. I would look at that and go. Thir- like, let's say all his career was Detroit, and we don't know. We see him twice a year, and maybe he had a game where he came here and went twenty eight and ten. You're like, that guy's nice. Mm-hmm. And then you go. The Kings are getting Marvin Bagley, thirteen and seven. All right, put him in this system like that. Four with move Murray to th- that might be the guy. And then he gets, and you're like, no, no, no. Nope. Yeah. So it's one where it, to me you have to watch him. 
where Marvin, there's some talent there. He's not like a joke. Sure. It's just, I, I never felt like he provided the other things besides, you know, he'll give you stats because he's given minutes. Yeah. But I don't, he's not the guy that puts you over the top. By no, any means. not by, by any means. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. That's interesting. I think that's a King's, that that's the King's purple colored glasses for me. And as that's something as, I've always pushed back on with the Sacramento yeah. Kings. Sacramento Kings fans are so nice. So Oh yeah. So, you know, they 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 believe in anything that comes to Sacramento. And that's what makes Sacramento fantastic. And then you kind of got guys like me who's like, "Nah, that's not going to work." And you know, I kind of push hit them with the pushback yeah. and it's okay, but we're we're so accepting. Sacramento yeah. Kings fans are just so accepting. I would say until you yes. Spencer Halls us, and then right. there's no issue. Yeah, and then if yeah. you get for whatever reason let them down, or it's like no, they're they're not any good. I'm like okay, now you've gotten too far. True. Like I feel like some of that is happening to Harrison Barnes. Like everybody right now in the free agency world, to me, what I see is better than Harrison Barnes. I'm like okay, easy. Now I'm not telling you Harrison Barnes is the best small forward in the league, but it's like I feel like people go the other way and like oh I take anything but him. I'm like okay, that's extreme. That's too far. I disagree. What do you mean? You think everybody in the league's better than Harrison Barnes? No, I disagree. I think Harrison Barnes is loved and overvalued in Sacramento. I don't think so. Okay. Yeah. I think he's guilty of the uh, been here too long and they're ready to move on to something else, which happens here a lot. And we're going to move on to something else. We've got more to get to. When we come back, there's some stories going on around gambling in the NFL. And is it time to revisit that and kind of change all sports' stance on gambling. They're all in except for letting anybody else gamble, even though they want us all to do it. We're back with more right after this on Sacktown Sports. With you one mile at a time during the afternoon drive. Cattles and Ronnie. Sacktown Sports. Jason Ross, Jay Johnson, got another uh, hour plus here on the show. Top spot coming your way at the top of the next hour. Um, this is more of like a uh, kind of theory of sports conversation coming up here, Jay, because right now there, you know, we've got uh, a couple different things going on in the NFL where there's some concerns about gambling and players, and maybe they're going to make some uh, stance here, and they've made a stance on a couple different guys. Um, I just blanked on the receiver last year from Atlanta that went to Jacksonville that had to miss the whole year. Really? Ridley, thank you, Calvin Ridley, um, for betting on sports. Man, some of them snaps down on the yeah, Petro. And really is more on football. And I think, to me, yes, there's been some historically criminal um, sports gambling situations. I, I think we're in a better spot now, better or worse, that athletes are making so much money. They can be hard to pay off someone to really make it beneficial. But I think I, I just don't understand what the problem is, especially if you're betting on your team. Hmm. Now, I think where the issue it becomes, if you and I are members of the Kings, and all of a sudden, wow, Jay and Jason are betting on the Warriors? Mm-hmm. Well, okay, are we... I feel like we could impact that more than... Yeah, naturally, I'm hoping you and I are trying to win every game, but if all of a sudden I'm betting on the opposing team that I'm playing against, that's to me, is the problem. But everything else, I think, is it really that big of an issue? It, I guess it, it, from what standpoint you're asking, I, I think most people who are detractors of the situation kind of look at it as you know, the the blue chips type of move is if you're betting on your own team, you have the power to determine certain things within the game, you know. And if that's the case, then 
who's to say if you put $100,000 and you look up at the board and say, okay, well, over under tonight is 121 and, you know, it's three minutes left, eh, I might slow it down a little bit. Yeah, I guess an over under could impact. I guess I was only literally thinking about betting on the opposing team. I, I could see the issue with that. Or let's let's take out, I can't bet on the team I'm on or who I'm playing against, but why would it matter if we're in the league, whatever league we're in, and I'm betting on uh, the Baseball. A's and the Indians right now? Yeah, agree. Now that's Guardians, the one. That's me. the one thing I uh, I agree with is if you're in the, you know one league, you should be able to put a little uh, chip down on the floor if you're betting on another league. With How about any, your own league? It just depends with on duel with DraftKings. Yeah. They're promoting this everywhere. We got full shows on gambling everywhere. Yeah, I mean, I 100% agree with you. We just had another show that was, you know, the daily wager yeah, or whatever it was every yeah. single day. And it's something that is pushed, you know, in our face, something that we see every single, you know, minute at this point. Like you said, these leagues have, you know, contracts with FanDuel and DraftKings mm-hmm. and all these other little websites and third-party, you know, spots where you can lay down some coin. I, I'm not so much as opposed to players – wagering within their league but i do think there is something to be said within the league where you have to be careful of is i guess like this if me and you and this is a terrible example but we're we work for the same company mm-hmm. and you know we got to get out at 55 past and that's up on the big board at mgm and I know I have a little bit of coin on the yeah, table. Yeah, we could impact that. I can absolutely yeah. shoot you a text because you're my friend. And let's yeah. just say you were working over in in New Orleans yeah. on a radio Do station. Do me a solid and thing. take this one to 58. Bingo. Yeah. And I think like, that's okay. part of it. Yeah. But uh, And it could, I guess you could say that for other leagues as well. Sure. You know, because right now with the power of social media and all, you know, we're just in that point where I can pretty much reach out and touch someone. I don't care what anyone says. Celebrities, athletes, they read what people put sure. out there. It's just too in your face at this point. Right. So maybe that's kind of the problem. I'm with you, though. I'm like, look, man, look, if anyone can wager, you should be able to. Maybe not so much as your own team. If you want to push it to the point of not within the same league, I I can understand that. But the NFL pushes fantasy in our face all Everywhere. day, every day. Yeah. So, look, why can't I have my own fantasy team? Right. I've heard play. I mean, we've seen plenty of times where these guys they have their fantasy. League, they have fantasy teams. Yeah. yeah. So I'm with you. I, I put some money down on the floor and keep it kicking. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, again, there's a history and there's a past to it, but I think. Um, you know, you hope there's progress in other things, and maybe until you get put in a spot, you have to adjust to that. But I, I just, I think they're being a little uh, hypocritical here, or a lot of hypocritical. The league here. is, yes, okay, all the leagues, all the right? leagues, rather, yeah. because you know, can't bet on this, can't bet on that, but yet come to our draft, you know, watching all the TNT playoffs, and Kenny and Shaq and Ernie and Charles are picking. You know, over under for Steph Curry points, 22 and a half in the second half or whatever. Mm -hmm. They all talking about it. So they want you to talk about it, then go to FanDuel to play it. And yet it just seems so taboo in the actual leagues themselves. You know, I was trying to think of a way because Steph Curry, I mean, excuse me, Charles Barkley, Kenny Smith, Shaq, they know just about it. Any NBA player, any NBA player they would want. They'd want to know, right? Mm -hmm. Would you be okay if I say, an animal was included. So like if they were betting on horse racing where it's not so you can't control the narrative or the outcome as much. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't have issue with that. So technically if I'm hearing you correctly, you don't take, you don't have an issue at all with a person laying down any type of money 
when it comes to sports betting, no matter if you're a player, no matter if you on the same team, no matter if I, I think you know, the issue is is you're playing you against that team, betting against the your own team. That I could clearly see the issue because I feel like you can impact that. Right. Like if I'm a pitcher, I'm pitching today for the A's and I'm betting on the Guardians. It's like, all right, I'm throwing. Jay, I'm like shaking off everything, and yeah. I'm telling you before, and I'm just throwing it down the just middle. It doesn't matter it if I throw 100. If I throw it down the middle, you're going to turn it around. Yeah. So I'm just not throwing any junk. I'm throwing it as, as BP without it looking like BP. Right. And, so, oh, I got rocked for six runs. Now you still may win the game if your team scores, but I did my part to help out. As long as you're not betting on yourself or your team. Yeah, the self one I have less. I, I feel like I want to win every game. What's the problem with me betting on that as well? Yeah, because do you have some people? I mean, think about this. There are there are a lot of players in this world who play pro sports who don't make a lot of money. So if they have an opportunity to make a lot of money, you can absolutely really detour what's going on during the game. I in a perfect world, if there were guys, if everybody was paid twenty million dollars a yeah. year and you were making crumbs on certain things, yeah. But I mean, there's some guys who are you know minor league ball players. There's some guys who aren't making a lot of a lot of paper, man. So, so you think it's more likely to that to happen if it's legal as opposed to illegal? So like right now, that could still happen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it's I think it's more taboo. I don't it think it's more likely to happen, yeah. but I think it's more taboo. I'm with you, though. I'm yeah. just kind of more or less playing devil's advocate. I think as long as you're not betting on yourself, mm-hmm. you're not betting within the team, you know, who you're playing that evening, I'm with it, man. Okay. Look, if you if you have the power to – if I have the power to text Jason Ross and say extend the clock today, then so be it. That's yeah. part of the game. I truly believe certain things like that happen anyway. Yeah, <laughs> You can't tell me. That we have insiders and, you know, Shams and the Woj and the Jeff Passons and all that type of stuff. You know, I mean, these guys are getting information. Yeah. And information they're not telling us. Yeah. We get information that we don't come to the table and right. say, right? Yeah, right. Like, I, we all could be insiders. I mean, we find out and figure out things way before we even come to here or, or a week later and out of respect. You know, you hear from, you know, we're, we're tied to people. And it's like, okay, yeah. that's what's up. And I never say nothing. I right. could come on in right. and say stuff, but that you know, out of respect, that's what it is. It's. I just think if you're betting on yourself or you're betting on the game that you're playing or against, that's, that's a problem. problem. Yeah. Outside of that, I'm with you. All right, as we wrap, on the floor. As we wrap this up, you sent me this earlier. Someone reportedly bet sixty thousand dollars on Victor Wembanyama being the first overall pick in Thursday's draft, which would net them three hundred dollars. Sign me up. Sixty thousand to make three hundred. At least you know it's a guaranteed. Like that's as close as guaranteed as you're gonna be. Why would why would the books even offer that? That's a dumb bet. Just crazy. All right, we got one. I bet that we got one hour left. That's what I can guarantee. We've got that coming your way next here on Sackdown Sports.